From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Today's show is going to compel you. It is going to inspire you. It is going to move you. Our guest is powerful. His name is Jeffrey Hazlett. He's done a load of things, which you're going to hear about. But what I want you to listen to is I want you to listen to his mindset and listen to how strong it is. And you you might be offended, actually. It's so intense. Um, but I want you to learn from that and, and, and listen to the way he talks and the way he speaks and the way he thinks. Uh, it's almost more valuable, I think, to listen to how he's saying what he's saying than what he's saying. And his belief level is just at such such a huge place, and and he's got the track record to, to, that shows all these things that he's done. So I think you're going to love it. He wrote a book called Think Big, Act Bigger, and I just I love it. I love his whole philosophy. I love his intensity. I think he's a different. Uh, you know, I'll talk about this after, but he's a different style for me, and that's one of the reasons I like learning from people like that and from him. Is he's got he's got this element of confidence and swagger that I think is is valuable and something that you can you can learn from. And then after after the interview, I'm going to go on a rant about how to break belief barriers in your own life. And I'm going to give you a system and a process um, for what it's going to take to get you to the next level. And it's not just a light rant. It's it it's a big rant. It's a heavy rant. And I'm I just as I was Recording it, I realized all of these weaknesses that I've had in myself and all of these limitations that I've had in myself and all of these things that have held me back in my life from from time to time and, and all of these barriers I've had to overcome. And, and I don't want you to go through those same things. I want you to be able to blow through them because I want you to achieve your dreams. It's what we're about here at Southwestern Consulting is helping you achieve your goals in life. So we're going to share with you these the three R's for breaking belief barriers. Uh, first, we're going to have this powerful interview from Jeffrey Hazlett on Think Big, Act Bigger. You're going to love it. It all gets started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales, To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. There are a few people in this business in terms of speakers, authors that I really respect from the their ability to get out and own all the different segments, the writing, writing books, uh, speaking, uh, building an online audience. And Jeffrey Hazlett, who you're about to hear from, I'm so excited about. He's one, in my opinion, uh, one of the true thought leaders in this space and one of the only guys that's been able to take kind of this career that started as a speaker, take it to television. Uh, he's the host of uh, on a primetime television show called C-Suite, 
um, and, and he's the chairman of the C-Suite Network. He also was on Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, he has a new book that just came out that is called Think Big, Act Bigger. There it is. That's a picture of it. Uh, we're going to talk through some of that today. But, uh, you know, I also really respect Jeffrey because of his work in the real world. And you guys know that I'm a fan of people who are practitioners, not just teachers. And he was the CMO of Kodak uh, and, and was an executive for several large organizations. And so he's the real deal. And he spent a little time with us. Jeff, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for saying that I'm real. I like that. I, you know, I, I love teachers without question, but I like people who really get dirty, who really get it done. And I've always been about that. You know, I bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career, 25 billion in transaction. I've had some businesses that have been huge success and, and some that have lost, you know, I've, I've, I've started them with the hopes of cornering the market and I found out there wasn't one. So yeah. I've done it all. Yeah. Well, and I want to, I want to jump in right away because, um, you know, some people describe you as pigheaded. So just to pick a little bit of a fight right with you off the <laughs> bat, you know, people, you, you have a little bit of that reputation uh, here now from just kind of bowling your way through and this is how it's going to be. And but in in uh, in the new book, you you talk about that as an advantage. So it's it doesn't I think it's interesting because it didn't occur to you as like, oh, I wasn't aware of that. You're very aware of it. And it, it's a strategic <laughs> advantage in your opinion. Yeah. Well, somebody once I was in an HR meeting well, many years ago when I was president of a company and I had a CEO as a friend of mine is now uh, working as a CEO for, for me in another company. And um, he had the HR director came and said, Jeff's like a Big Mac truck. And she told me that in the meeting. And of course she was, unfortunately she was crying, but the, uh, well, I sometimes <laughs> do that to HR directors. But, so, and, and I said, and your point, what's your problem? You know, that's my job. My job is to be like that. My job is to go through obstacles, around obstacles, over obstacles, to create things to happen. I'm the kind of guy that you bring in for that. And if you want touchy-feely and all those, yeah, I can give you some of that, but that's not what I'm about. My job is to make things happen. And I do it with great respect of other people and individuals and ideas and so forth. But in the end, someone's got to pay the bills. In the end, someone's got to deliver on the promise that we've just made. And that's really what it's about. So I really focus in on those promises and being pigheaded about that saying, hey, no, we said we were going to hit this goal. I mean, this number, this, this profitability, this net realized rate, whatever it might be when using terms in, in, in sales. And that's what we're going to do. And we're not accepting anything less than that. So that's what we mean by being pigheaded. So I take that as a great compliment. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but you don't, that doesn't necessarily fly in the face of, yet you don't care about culture of the, the oh. team members. Uh, yeah. and I mean, culture is, as Gerber once said, uh, you know, I think it was Gerber. Um, and if it wasn't Gerber, it was somebody very famous that said, you know, culture eats strategy for lunch. I mean, it does. I mean, it, you, and I always talk about mood. I think mood's one of the most important things you can have inside of a business is you have a great mood, you can overcome culture, you know, getting people. But, you know, if you have a bad mood, even the culture is really tough to, to break into. When you talk about, so you mentioned that in the book, you talk about having a culture that is sort of reflective of the, like uh, your own personal cadence. You kind of make that parallel of the culture of the company should reflect kind of the leader's cadence. Can you talk a little bit about that and 
Okay. Yeah, if you ever watch a television show, you like let's say West Wing or you know pick any show that you see, you can see that it has an energy to it, a cadence that you can see as you watch the show. Well, the same thing walks into an office. You can walk into someone's office and immediately feel the culture, immediately feel the cadence of the company. Are they stuffy? Are they slow? Are they fast? Are they quick? Are they nimble? And 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 I think the leaders have to to do that. You know, it's like around here. Someone will say, you know, like right here, I'm in my New York office and it's been cold here lately. And people say, geez, it's cold in the office. I say, work harder, you know, work harder. You'll get warmer, you know, and, and, and it's it's not to me being a smart ass. It's really about saying, let's get it done. Let's have some fun. You know? although, although being a smart ass just happens to be one of the benefit of the byproducts. Uh, hey, that's look, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's exactly. That's a benefit you get. Yeah, exactly. So your kind of style and your approach, which has been very successful, is is just exactly what you said. It's knock down barriers. You blow through walls, do whatever it takes. Uh, what are some examples of companies that have really, you know, when you sit back and you go, look, this isn't just something that Jeffrey does as his own personal strategy, but here's some examples of companies that have kind of steamrolled their way through stuff. Uh, I, can you say Uber? Uh-huh. Can you say Uber? I mean, there's a, a prime example where people said, we're not going to allow them in. Um, we're going to put up barriers. There's, uh, you know, uh, legislative or regulatory kinds of things. And these guys are just running right through it and saying, nope, we're not accepting that. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. People said it's going to be more expensive. They're going to have surge pricing. They're going to charge you outrageous prices. Yet look at that growth. Look at what they're doing because they have a service that people really want. And no matter what those critics might say, they're driving through it. And, and now, even when they've done some really stupid bonehead moves, I mean, and said things they shouldn't have said, you know, Travis, the CEO and others have said some things that they shouldn't have said and shouldn't have acted in those in those in the manner that they were. But yet you can see that they've steamrolled through those obstacles and they're just making it happen. And and and, and, and there's tons of other companies that I can cite as examples of that that continually show success after success in terms of just saying, here's our goal. Here's where we're at, and we're going to get there. And no matter what it takes, you know, this this passion for getting to that, you know, to that ultimate utopia. And, the, and my question to you, most people who are listening right now or watching is why not? Why not? Well, you know, you get to build anything you want to do. You get to do it any way you want to do it. Why wouldn't you do it that way? And and when people say, well, we can't do it that way. Well, why? Why? Did someone put a gun to your head? Someone holding your children hostage and saying you can't do this? Uh, I don't get it. Someone, you know, I, I use examples in my book where I think big, act bigger, where, you know, team would come to me. I said, look, you know, I know the value of a network. I know the value of being a TV, being in radio, being books, um, you know, speaking uh, like yourself, have, you know, have a consulting practice that your community is important to you. So I told my team, hey, go out and start making sure I'm engaging more with my followers. Show me how to do that. Show me ways in which I can get more people to the point now I'm growing a thousand to 1200 Twitter followers a day. And and yet when I first they first said this, well, we can't do that. I said, well, why not? And they said, well, because of the budget. I said, who gave you a freaking budget? Mm-hmm. I said, go do it. It's up to me to decide whether it's too expensive or not. You're to tell me how to go do that. You tell me what I have to do. Do I have to run ads on Twitter? Do I have to run ads on Facebook? Do I have to do I have to you know tweet more and I have to do more video? You tell me. And what will help do that so I can adopt the best practices and be real because it's me that's doing it, by the way. It's not somebody else. Uh, it's me. And, and so those are the kind of things that we, you know, talking about being pigheaded and just running through obstacles. 
Well, and you, you've mentioned the word passion, um, and I think passion is an interesting one because I think there's this sort of this scientific management approach to business that says, you know, strategy, um, systems, uh, you know, execution. And then there is kind of the thing that you see the general like bootstrap, uh, you know, these companies that start out of nowhere because it's just raw passion and enthusiasm. So do you feel, where do you feel, where does passion fall in the equation of the things that are important to uh, the success of the company? Well, passion alone won't, won't pay the bills. All right. Um, it's, it's great to have passion, but you got to eat too. Right. I mean, um, I love to have romance with my wife all the time, but I, you know, I got to go out and get, you know, bring in the money to, to pay for the thing so I can have the candles and the, and the, and the champagne and have the, the chocolates and all the things that go with the passion uh, of our relationship as well. Uh, the little accoutrements, uh, so to speak of that, um, that's probably going to get me in trouble with my wife. I hope she's not watching or <laughs> listening right now. But, but my point is if the P you know, if it were passion alone, Kodak would still be standing the way it was. I mean, people were passionate about film, but that, that era is over and you, you can, you can't stop reason, rationality, strategy, and, and the implementation of new technology that replaces those things. So passion alone is not enough. It helps without question. It will carry you through a lot of different places. So whatever you're doing, you should be extremely passionate about it, but don't just let the passion blind you to the real facts mm. and the real way of doing things. And that's why it's important for, you know, people like yourself and others who, who help these businesses, you know, understand the, the systematic approach and way in which you have to do things, you know, you're passionate. I'm passionate about sales. I'm passionate about all these different products and these different ways of doing it. But in the end, I got to make sure I got good e email open rates. I got to have, you know, a regular campaign. I got to run ads. I got to do this. I got to do that. I, you know, I have to back up the passion. Yeah. I remember talking to, um, an author, you know, how you get the emails of people who are like, oh, I'm an aspiring author. And, you know, and I remember having a conversation with them one time where I said, well, look, the first thing, because they said, well, you know, why do you want to write a book? Well, because I'm passionate about this. I want to change the world. And it was like, first thing you need to know, n publishers don't give a crap about your passion. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. pu publishers only care about one thing. How many books can you sell? That's exactly right. And that's why they pub. There's all sorts of trash that gets published because it sells. Um, and so I think, I think people do over, over, overlook that it's easy to, um, well, a great example. Let me tell you, you know, just in business books, you know, we own the C-suite network and the C-suite book club, C-suite TV, C-suite radios. We're building out what I call LinkedIn on steroids. We're creating an ultra powerful community of business leaders and it's the upper echelon of the business world. That's what we're going after. But when you think about books, since you brought that up, there's 398,000 new business books this year. 398,000 published in North America alone. And the average business book will sell 7,500 copies. Now, when somebody like myself, and I just recently sold, you know, like 300,000 copies of Think Big, Act Bigger, that means somebody else is losing. And, and so, yeah, the pat, you have to know these facts and figures. And so a lot of people think, well, I just published my book. Where's the business? You, you know, you've got to start months ahead of time. I even tell people a year ahead of time yeah. uh, before you, you start going. As you know, we market our book very well. Um, it's what we do. We're very good at it. And in the results, that's why we have publishers lined up saying, hey, where's my next book? And I've just been my book's only been out for three months. Mm -hmm. And now they're asking me, where's the next one? You know, right. You I mean, you really understand that machine. And what about, uh, you know, talking, coming back to the cu culture thing, because I think that's a big, 
you know, this, this, you have this mindset of this, we're going to knock down barriers. You've been able to make it successful for you. Then you've turned it into a team, uh, that really has gone out and done it. You've been a part of executive teams that have done it, have not done it. There's this thing, um, in the book that you talk about called the, the Caitlin rule. Um, <laughs> Love that rule. What is, what, can you talk to explain what the Caitlin rule is all yeah. about? It was it was it was uh, written at this very desk. So I'm sitting here in New York City. We help take companies public. We own a company called Tallgrass. Now Tallgrass is a public relations and social media company. Its slogan says, "If you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to pee in the tall grass." That's <laughs> that's that's the name of the company, and only works with high growth companies. Well, we take companies public or help them elevate their visibility, or celebrities and a host of other you know businesses out there. And we were about to go and meet with the CEO of a company about 20 blocks from here uh, to talk to him about taking the company public. So Caitlin stops by my desk, young woman, and I turn to her and she says, Jeff, should we take color copies of the presentation? I said, Caitlin, I said, you're new here. You've only been here for a couple of weeks. You get to ask me 21 questions. I'm going to call it the Caitlin rule. And I made it up right there on the spot. And I said, I said, 21 questions. I don't know why I pulled it out of my rear end with a flashlight, but here's what the rule is. From now on, you can ask me any question you want. You can ask me about the meaning of life. You can ask me where the best Italian restaurant is. You can ask me which train to go take across. You can ask me, do I think your boyfriend's really serious about you? Any question that you want, is that one of your freaking questions? And she turned to me right here at this desk right here and said, I don't think so. And I turned back to her and said, good career move. Because if I have to answer that question, what do I need you for? Mm. Now, some people would say, "That's man, is that a little harsh? No, it's setting levels of expectations or what I call conditions of satisfaction. And I turned to her and said, Caitlin, my job is to get in front of that client and give them the advice that's in this head and give them my vast experience of the things I do. It's like hitting a mark on a stage as a speaker or as a television host. It's about me showing up, being prepared and being ready on that spot. Lights go on. I start talking. That's what I'm supposed to do. Your job is to make sure that I hit that mark. Anything up to that mark is your responsibility. And if I have to do that, what do I need you for? I hired you because you're a big dog. That's what big dogs do in tall grass. Nothing but big dogs. You're, you're going to take my job here someday. You're going to take and be, become the president of this company. That's what I saw in you. So I can't wait till you do that. And if, if I have to answer these questions for you, I don't need you. You're not a big dog. And so that's really what that's about. So, so what are you doing in your organization when people come to you and asking you questions or doing things that they should be doing themselves? And you're not empowering them to do it or telling them that you truly expect them to do it and hold their feet to fire to get it done. That's what the Caitlin Rule is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I remember hearing you speak. I had never heard you speak. I got to hear you speak this summer. Um, the conditions of satisfaction thing was probably the, was the number one thing that I took away from that. And it, it ties into what you're talking about here. It's kind of like expectations and um you know, I think some people are going to watch this and go, uh, yeah, this guy's a jerk. Like, just answer the question. But your whole pr- approach is, no, you got to be, you have to be, if you're going to be one of the big dogs, like, you figure it out. You find a way. You don't come to me with that kind of stuff. But you're setting, or, or, oh, go ahead. Yeah, or, or, or I'll do it once. You know, I'll, you know, like, I've already asked you, I've answered that question. What do you think we should do? Well, we should take color copies. And I turned to her and I said, do you have time to make them? And she said, no. 
I said, then why the hell are you asking me a question like that? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, but that's, I think we have to call people on the carpet for those kinds of things. If you're not calling them on the carpet, you don't set expectations. You don't, you, you know, it's like, it's like a coach talking to a player and saying, you can run that faster. Why are you sloughing off? You know, you you know, I know what she can do. She that's why we got her. And you know, I can see people can think I'm a jerk. I think I'm I think I'm being a very good leader and saying this is what I expect you to do. We set the bar. I expect you to hit the bar or go over the bar. If you don't hit the bar, you're above. You're above. You're you're a below par player. I don't want below bar players in my operation. I only want big dogs. And this is what we do. And that's not a big dog decision. That's not a, a responsible person that's on my team. You're letting me down. That's what that's all about. Well, and you're training them to think for themselves. It's one of the best gifts that you can actually give the person is to to do that. Um, so uh, we we uh, to tell me really quick. I I have a couple more questions for you, but the conditions of satisfaction. I just want you to hit that really quick. Can you explain what is that? What does that mean? How does it come into play? Yeah, I think this is one of the most important parts of the book, and I've actually put this in all my books about conditions of satisfaction, what I call mutual conditions of satisfaction. On one side, you always have a customer. On the other side, you always have a performer in everything we do, whether it's with a customer, a vendor, even our employees, even our kids. You ever make a pinky promise? Those are mutual conditions of satisfaction where I do something for the kids and then they expect us. That's that's what it's all about. And if you break that, oh my gosh, you can't break a promise. A promise is a promise. You can read negotiate it, but you have to deliver on those promises. And so there's an action cycle that goes with those conditions of satisfaction. There's an offer, there's the acceptance, there's the doing of the work, and there's the delivery of the product and the acceptance of, of that uh, delivery. So satisfaction. And you, at the end of the, in the end of this action cycle, you, you always go back to the person and said, I've just delivered you, you know, this book, you know, or this bottle of water or this cup of coffee or whatever it might be. And then you just say, are you satisfied? Because once they say they're satisfied, there's no going back. There's no bitching. There's no moaning. There's no renegotiation. There's no missing the payments on the bill. You're sad. You said you were satisfied. So pay me my money, you know, uh, or give me what you said you were going to do. That's the way it works. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you want people to go to connect with you, get a plug into the C-suite, this whole platform that you've got going? Where, where's the best place for them to start? Well, you can start right at the C-Suite Network.com, but you can go to C-Suite TV.com, C-Suite Radio.com, C-Suite Booklet.com. We own everything around C-Suite. If you just look up hashtag C-Suite, you'll, you'll run into us because we have a majority of the conversation or find me at Hazlet.com. Mm -hmm. And last little thing for you, Jeff. I mean, you have worked at these big public companies. You've, you've bought and sold businesses. You've been a speaker, best-selling author, TV show. You're on Celebrity Apprentice. Like, uh, what is next for you? Like, what is the thing where you go, this inspires me? This is the next wall that Jeffrey Hazlett personally is going to be blown through. I, I'm really working very hard right now on the C-suite network. This is a way for me to be able to help business leaders become more strategic and stay the most strategic person in the room. Today, we're just inundated with time, inundated with all these different things that are taking up the things that we need to do. And so I want to help executives continue to be the most strategic people in the room. That, and when Donald Trump's elected, I'll become an ambassador <laughs> an ambassador of some, of, of some country. I'm trying to figure out which one I should probably go for. Oh, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Well, if you didn't make everybody mad yet, you sure I'm sure you got somebody here just at the Well, end. I 
I, as I say about about Donald, which I I love him as an individual. So, um, but it's anyways. It's you know what I give him credit for. At least, at least we're talking about the elections, and we're talking about issues in ways we never have before. And and I'll give him credit for that. Him and and quite frankly, I'll give Bernie Sanders credit for that as well, because we're talking about things we never would have been talking about this far out. Yeah. Which is awesome. Well, and you know what he, you know where he stands. I mean, you know <laughs> what his mission is, right? It's like there's no question what he's promoting. Um, yeah, well, he's always promoting himself, which I always think is good. But yeah, you know, the one thing I'll tell you about Donald, and I've done some interviews for the Post and a whole bunch of others about him. He loves to throw things out there and then watch people attack it, and then he then alters his position based on those kinds of conversations. It's called cause, causing tension. And I think great leaders do cause tension. They'll say something, push it, in order to get people to push it one way or the other. Not necessarily the position that he or she always believes, but great leaders do that. And you know, and great leaders have, have got to have uh, haters as part of the process. That's the way it works. Yeah. Well, I love it, my friend. Thank you for making a little time for us here, and good luck Thank with you. everything C-Suite, and uh, think big, act bigger. I, I like it, and let us know if there's anything we can be doing for you. Yeah, don't forget, it's not the lucky you win, it's the relentless, so get out there and be relentless every day in thinking big and acting bigger. I appreciate it. It is always a pleasure to be with you. Intense. Have you ever met somebody so intense? I I love it. I I love it. One of the things I love about Jeff is, uh, you know, I think he's a completely different style from me. Like I don't think I lead anything like the way that he leads, and I I love that. I love the dichotomy of learning from somebody who is just nothing like what I am like. I just I think it's crazy, and um, but it it shows you how there are different ways to accomplish amazing things, right? That there there are. There are amazing things you can do, and, and I, in some regards, we're very much the same. In fact, what I want to share with you is just kind of based on listening to that interview, and I went back and, and, and listened to it. I, I love the idea of the title. As soon as I heard Think Big, Act Bigger, it, it just it spoke to me because most people don't think big, and the ones that do think big, they don't, they don't usually act very big. And I've uh, always said that, look, realistic goals are for people with realistic work habits. Big goals are for people with big work habits. And I'm pretty sure Jeffrey would agree with me on that. And so I want to take what he shared because I think you can, you can tell, I mean, the guy just radiates confidence, right? He just, he just emotes this strong diction, this, this very authoritative leader. And, and I mean, he's got the track record to back it up. So, I mean, what do you, what do you what do you say to a guy who's been CMO for one of the largest companies in the world and sold hundreds of businesses and been uh, on on major television and and done just everything you know in the business world and so um, I think as I was listening and I was trying to go okay what what am I taking out of this and 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 what what is the real value here of what he's saying and I I think the real conversation is all about breaking belief barriers. It's all about setting a new standard. It's it's all about getting to the next level. And it's a really important conversation, and it's honestly one that I don't think that many people talk about. I mean, we sure we talk about positive attitude, and we talk about, you know, good habits and stuff, but when you so much of this is mental, right? This whole game of success is it's mental. You become what you decide to be, 
you achieve the things that you decide to be realistic. You acquire the things that you believe are possible. And and that is the whole game here. And and Jeffrey plays it well. And he's figured out a system. And I don't think he'd be offended by me saying this. I, I don't think he prides himself on being one of the smartest guys in the world. I don't think he is. I don't think he he had that. That wasn't like his path. But it is a path of breaking belief barriers, knocking down walls, and setting new limits. And that is is somewhat of an obscure and abstract skill, and it's something that not a lot of people have. I I feel lucky that at Southwestern Consulting, we we have uh, a number of people now in our company and our team that are that way. Dustin, our other, you know, one of the other founders that was right there in the beginning, he's always been that way. Dave Brown, one of our senior partners, has always been that way. I think if, uh, we have, I mean, we have so many people, Kitty Barrow, uh, um, we've got some new people, Carolyn Kordeski and Dana Potoff, that are just blowing, blowing the lid off of what is possible for people in their position. Ron Alford is a guy that is on our team that has just completely come in and, and breaking barriers. Uh, Jay Jones is one of our coaches. I mean, I could go down the list pretty, I mean, uh, gosh, half our, half our company is people that do this. But this is something that's unnatural for me because I'm a realist. Right, that's what I've always been. I'm I'm logical. I've always been the one to go. Oh well, you know that's not possible. Uh, I don't see how that that and that is something that I've I've had to break free and 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 I think I have. I mean I've I've accomplished some things that really I think are pretty incredible for somebody that has been in my position, you know. But it, it's not it's not been with the kind of confidence that you see Jeffrey has. And so I'm going to approach this very emotional thing in a, in, a, in, a, in a more logical format. And I just want to give you this sort of three-step process that I think people like Jeffrey and people like the people from our team that I mentioned and people like our, our client, our top producing clients that are just, you know, the, the number one in their industry. These are the things, the things that they do. And so it's, it's three R's. It's real simple. So this is the the three R's to breaking belief barriers, to completely reestablishing yourself. So the first R is you reject the current limitations. You reject the current limitations. Now, I know that might sound kind of like, you know, obvious or cheesy, like, well, yeah, you, you know, don't accept your boundaries. You can't do that. But no, I mean, uh, there's a little more to it than that. These people, and you can hear it in Jeffrey's voice. These people are defiant. They are intentionally defiant. I think of uh, Dave Brown, right? And and in our business, I remember Dave Brown, you know, just setting this 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 these goals about the number of customers he would have when we were selling books and the number of, of tickets he would sell when we first started Southwestern Consulting, and and he would say, okay, whatever the limit is, that is, that's the starting point. It's almost like the, the best ever, that's, that is the bare minimum of expectation for these people. And while most people look at a record and they go, okay, that's the upper limit of what's possible, these people, and the key to breaking belief barriers, and, and for you to be this person, is you have to, to reject that. You say, no, that's the, that's the starting point. That's the entry point, and most people don't do that, and we logic our way out of it. We, we logic our way into thinking that, well, if that's the record, that's the best that's possible, but 
you know, that's another way of saying that somebody else is just automatically going to be better than you and that the limit has already been set. That is not what these people do. That's not how you break belief barriers. So, you know, figure out what are the boundaries that you have defined your life by, right? Like what's the most amount of money, for example, if you're, let's say you're a, uh, in commission or you are an entrepreneur, you're paid for performance, any type of pay for performance position. And, and you go, okay, well, the most money I've ever made is this. And you, you may be defined by that limit. Um, you know, or, or what's the most that anyone around you has ever made? Like, what's the best that has ever happened? What is the, the biggest thing that has ever come true in your life or that you have seen? And, and you have to reject those as the limitations. And one way to do that is you set that not as the high bar, but as, as the low bar. And again, we just, at Southwestern Consulting, it's like our whole team is eagles. They all come in and they go, you know, they, the first question they ask is, what's the record? And then they're like, okay, well, I'm going to crush that this campaign and then I'm going to destroy it and figure out, you know, we're going to set a new barrier. And I I love being surrounded by people like that because I need that. So what are the limitations in your life? What are, what are the barriers? What are these, these prisoners of your own mental construction about what is possible and what isn't possible? And you have to intentionally reject it, be defiant. Number two, now redefine the creative options. So if if option if, if step one is to reject the current limitations, step two is redefine the creative options. Meaning part of the way you break through and do things that people have never done is because you're going to do what nobody has ever done. You're going to challenge the status quo about the way that things are done. I mean, Southwestern Consulting, if you look as, as an industry, right, in the speaking training industry, there's, there's like no companies that have scaled in this industry. They're, they're all pretty much, you know, built on a personality. And even if they grow to be a few million dollars a year, it's, it's based on a personality. And once that personality dies, then that, that business dies. And, and most, entre- I say real entrepreneurs, most real entrepreneurs, quote unquote, have always looked at this industry and said, well, yeah, that's cool. You get to make an impact and you get to be, you know, like semi-famous or whatever, but there's no real business. There's no real equity. And we said, well, how can we shape this to, to redefine the, the creative, the creative options? And so that is, that is what we've done. And that's what you have to do is, is say, okay, what can I do differently from everybody else? And I sincerely hope that that is one of the benefits that you get from listening to this podcast because that's with all these guests that we're bringing on, right? They're all these thought leaders. There's all these trends. And if you're applying some of what they're doing, you will be doing things differently. You will be pushing the, the bounds of creativity. You're, you'll be pushing the limits of, of the options and, and the rules of the game that most people p- play by. So you're getting exposed um, to that. So it's, you, it's when I say be creative – it's not even that you have to be creative in terms of like it's got to be your idea, but it has to be it has to be new for the 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 environment that you're in. It's probably something that most people aren't doing, but that's how you get to the next level. If you've done what you've all if if you you know if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always gotten. And so I think that's one of the things that I love about hosting this show. Right, is I get first access to all these people, and I get to ask them whatever questions I want. 
uh, about the trends and and I'm doing it selfishly because I need to know because <laughs> this is this is how for me as a skeptic and an analytic and a logical kind of realist it, it gives me confidence to go okay so you know I might not have any crazy outside the box ideas but but these guys these these people that we're bringing on the show and when I think of you know like the customer service world I'm thinking of like John DeJulius and and uh, Jay Bear who we just had uh, recently you know those guys are really pushing the limits of, of customer service and and I've started bringing people on around online marketing and then we bring our coaching clients and our coaches on to talk about sales and the the life story episodes that we do because they're they're pushing they're pushing the limits that they're ex- that it's their creativity expressed um and I just I think that's huge. And you 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 hear Jeffrey doing that, right? When he's he's talking, he was telling about that anecdote about like, hey, we we have to grow my reach. And people say, well, we can't do it. And he goes, what do you mean you can't do it? And they say, well, it's not in the budget. It's not in the plan. We 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 don't have a process for that. And he's going, well, well, what the hell? Who cares? Like, it doesn't have to be a plan. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a process. It doesn't have to be something that you've ever done before. It can be different. There's nobody limiting you except for you you are your own limitation you are the only one that says what is possible and what isn't possible you're you're allowing yourself to be defined by whatever limits you think are in place when you realize that and you break free of that this whole world opens up this whole this blank canvas this blue ocean this this green pasture, this open field, this, this new space where you go, I can create anything. And there's more tools than ever before. There's more education than ever before. There's more access than ever before to those tools. And there's more opportunity than ever before to change your circumstances by just deciding to reject the current limitations and redefine the creative options for what is possible. And then the third thing, and this is at the essence, this is what this show is all about, and it's probably why I don't bring on guests that much to talk about this, because it's it's the essence of what I am about. It's, it's daily discipline. Um, step three is to relentlessly pursue the target. Relentlessly pursue the target. So once you reject the current limitations... Then you redefine the creative options. The last thing is to relentlessly pursue the target. One of the hardest things about being an ultra performer is once you hit the top, there's nobody else to push you. You got to push yourself. And that's why we end every episode with success is never owned. Success is only rented. And the rent is due every day because, because once you become the ultra performer, and if you do all the things we talk about on the podcast and all the things that our guests talk about and our coaches and our clients talk about when we bring them on, you'll become successful. And, and if you keep doing them, you're going to become really successful. And soon enough, you're going to be the leader. And then at that point, you're, you're gonna be, you can be complacent or you can change the world. And you can, redef- you can redefine, you can, you can write the rules, the new rules by which the game is played. And so when that happens, and in order to get to that place, you have to relentlessly pursue the target. This is the act bigger part of Jeffrey's think big, act bigger. And this is, honestly, this is the hardest part. And this is the part where most people break, break down because what most people do is they think big, and they talk bigger. 
<laughs> they think big and they talk bigger. They think big and they talk louder. But they, they act small. Their actions are, are unnoticeable. They're invisible. And you don't want to be that person. You want to be the person that takes immediate and massive action. You want to be the person who is radical. You want to be the person who takes triumphant action, who makes flamboyant change, who, who, who takes a, a radical approach and, and because you're relentlessly pursuing an, the new target. You, you are recommitting yourself to this, this new possibility. That, that is how you break belief barriers. And that relentless pursuit is hard to find. Oh, and if you find somebody that has it, hang on to them, right? Do whatever you can to, to go into business with them. And that's what we had to do at Southwestern Consulting, right? That's like, you know, I don't own Southwestern Consulting outright. I'm not the, I'm not the owner. Uh, I have partners. And when we say partner, it's because we have lots of people that own equity in our business because you, you can't own people like that. They're, they're too independent by their, their virtue. And what we did was we said, how can we create an environment that allows all those people to flourish and the rising tide raises all ships and everybody owns it and nobody is the boss. We're all partners and we're all teammates and we're lifting each other up and one person's success means everybody's success and vice versa because we want to attract a, a, a team of these these Navy SEALs of selling, these these. Uh, you know, these artists of leisure, leadership, these um, high performers, these ultra performers in, in, in operations. How do we attract those people? We attract it by, by allowing it to be theirs and to be ours instead of it to be one person's. And you, you because those people are so hard to find and, and, you know, I thank God every day for the, our team that we have because we have people that do this and we have somehow stumbled probably more by luck than by design, but in a lot of ways, by design and intention into that, that situation. But for you, even if you're by yourself, right, it's about relentlessly pursuing the new target. And here's the thing you got to deal with. If you're not taking action, if you're not doing the things you know you should be doing, if you're not doing everything in your power, if you're not learning everything, if you're not doing everything, if you're not investing in the things you know you should be investing in, if you're not taking action, if you're not implementing and you're not doing those things, then what proof is there that you actually believe it's possible? If you're not taking the actions, then what evidence is there that you actually believe in this, this new possibility. The truth is you don't. The truth is you don't believe, and that's why you don't act. And so you need to reject the current limitations, and then you need to redefine the creative options, and then you need to relentlessly pursue the target, but actually that relentless pursuit starts first. Because if you're like me, I don't believe I never, you know, the first time I said I'm going to be the youngest black belt in Colorado, I didn't believe it. But here's the good news. You don't really have to. All you have to do is say it and then start taking action and pursuing it relentlessly and moving in the direction and taking the next step, the next thing that is right in front of you that you know you can do. And if you take that action, you start to see evidence of it working. And then you take the next action, 
And then you learn something, and then you take action on that, and you start to believe, and you start to believe. And it comes from action. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.